Welcome to the C.L. Brown Show. I am your host, C.L. Brown, columnist with the Louisville Courier Journal. On this episode, I have Jeff Walls, University of Louisville women's basketball head coach. He'll be stopping to talk to us. And I have college basketball reporter Andy Katz. You've seen him throughout the years. Got his big breakthrough with ESPN. Was with them for 20-something years. I don't even know the exact number. He's doing good work now for the Big Ten Network. You'll see him with Turner Sports some. You'll see him do features and write stories on NCAA.com. Basically, he is he's everywhere that college basketball is. And with the start, the official start of hoop season on Monday, we have Andy joining me to talk some UofL and UK and, and ACC basketball and, and big picture. But before we jump into all of that, let's start with some football. And I'm going to start with the fourth quarter, as in the beginning of the fourth quarter at UofL games. They played a song by this Australian rock band, Wolf Mother. That's quite a name. (laughs) That is quite a name. But the name of the song is Joker and the Thief. And before the, before the start of the fourth quarter, if you've never been to a L game or haven't been this year, they'll play this song. That song is, is actually old. It's from like 2005, which isn't that old, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, old for music uh, standards. It's it's become a thing. It's like it's like an event when they play this song. There's a dead ball. TV goes to commercial breaks. Players from both teams go to their respective sidelines. And, it, you know, the offensive line group for U of L, they've they've gotten to a point now where they're doing air drums like in sync. Offensive coordinator Brian Brom said at the press conference Monday, you know, <laughs> they're so in tune. He's like he, he wasn't even sure. He wondered if they actually coordinated it beforehand. You had uh, Renato Brown, who's uh, injured right now. He's out for the rest of the season for for U of L. Um, uh, on the offensive line, but he had his crutches. He grabs one of his crutches. He's playing air guitar to the song. Uh, here's what head coach Jeff Brom had to say about the Joker and the Thief at his presser on Monday. After uh, watching a few of the coaches dance, we've had to pull the rope back on him a little bit. I don't want to embarrass our staff. Uh, but you know what? Uh, truthfully, the energy uh, that the fourth quarter brings, especially when the game's going the way uh, you want, uh, is, is tremendous. And uh, I just think the fans are hyped up. Our players are. We kind of have to push them back to the sideline a little bit to make sure that uh, we don't step over the line. But, uh, you know, we want them to have that energy and that uh, juice. And, um, you know, uh, we still have a lot more games to win before you might see me dance. But music aside, that's all fun and games. That's it's great atmosphere for the fans. It's great for the players. They get hype off the song. But Brom has really created and the Cardinals have really created a pretty substantial home field advantage right now at LNN Cardinal Stadium. Uh, check out the story from our own, the Courier Journal's own Alexis Cubit about it, uh, the home field advantage. Right now, they could finish out if they beat Virginia on Thursday and finish uh, with the win against Kentucky at the end of the season. You know, they would have completed a undefeated record at home 
And it's a point where the defense, the way the defense is playing too. I mean, three of these games, Murray, uh, Duke, and Virginia Tech, three of those games, the opposing team didn't score a touchdown. Only only scored a collective three points in those three games. So we'll see how they do against Virginia on Thursday. But uh, all that being said, that regular season finale against the Cats could end up being phenomenal especially if the cards have already secured a place in the ACC championship game, you know, Kentucky's season probably uh, hasn't gone. Well, at least it lost a lot of momentum when they went into Georgia and lost and lost at home to Missouri. Um, uh, and then the disappointing loss to Tennessee where they were kind of in a position to maybe win that game and they came up short. Uh, th- that could be a defining moment for UK season. If they came in to Louisville and beat the cards, the cards who were headed to the ACC championship game, that would take a little, a little, you know, that would be a little sting for the cards. That would also be a big boost for the cats just to say they did it in a year that could potentially be a very special year. If, if U of L is playing in Charlotte against Florida state for the ACC title. So we'll see how all of that plays out right now, you know, the cards are definitely on the uptick, and uh, we're going to switch to the Cats because they have finally snapped that three-game losing streak, getting healthy by beating Mississippi State 42-3. to um, In that game, Devin Leary at one point suffered a uh, in some kind of eye injury. Head coach Mark Stoops said that he was having trouble reading the plays on his wristband. Stoops said at his Monday press conference that, that – Leary can read the plays now. He didn't necessarily update whether or not Leary was going to be able to play against Alabama, but I think just kind of reading between the lines, uh, if he can see the plays, he can play, right? We'll, we'll see how that all works out. He's been doing a lot better since their open date. Um, his last two games, Leary has had four touchdown passes, no interceptions, and thrown for a combined 528 yards. But he's not the quarterback that will dictate who wins that game. That will be Alabama's Jalen Milrow, who at one point earlier in the season, you know, after Alabama lost to Texas, Milrow was benched for the South Florida game. And since he's come back, he's just, you've seen him incrementally develop. He's going to be a tough, tough a tough person to defend for UK's defense against LSU. Milrow rushed for four touchdowns. He had 155 yards on the ground, and he also threw for 219 yards um, and no interceptions. And they didn't pop those long passes, which, which, uh, you know, is basically Milrow's trademark. That's that's what he does best. He doesn't do so well in the mid-range game, mid-range passing game. But he keeps plays alive with his legs, and that's going to be what UK is going to have to uh, definitely find a solution for because LSU certainly did not. So those are the two games coming up in football. L plays host to Virginia on Thursday. On Saturday, UK gets Alabama, which is really still quietly lurking in that playoff hunt. It would be a huge, huge win, a huge upset if the Cats came away with the victory. And it would be a huge disappointment if any way UofL stumbles against Virginia. 
So let's stay tuned to see what happens in those football games. So that'll do it for my football talk for this episode. Let's move on to hoops where Jeff Walls and the UofL women's basketball team uh, were picked to finish fourth in the ACC. They are preseason top 15 by both uh, polls coming out. And we'll get what Jeff Walls thinks about this upcoming season. Jeff, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it, CL. Thank you. So I wanted to jump into st- uh, real quick with the scrimmage you guys had against uh, Michigan State, the quote-unquote secret scrimmage. Um, I think at the luncheon you said you were a little bit disappointed with how you guys competed. Yeah, we uh, we had a little bit of a problem of turning the ball over. Uh, we were that that was the one thing we did really 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 well uh, in that scrimmage. <laughs> and, you know, just in, in competing to me is valuing a basketball, playing with intensity, understanding you can't be lackadaisical with it. Um, and we just it, it was turnover after turnover. It, it was bad. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, it's like when we didn't turn turn the ball over, we did some good things because yeah. uh, we're a good basketball team. But it's as I say, you can't score if you don't shoot it. Is that still a byproduct of the new having so many newcomers in? And I mean, you know, not that playing in Toronto over the summer was going to make everything <laughs> just oh, no. click from the beginning. Once you know the fall started, but is that still a newness to everybody? Yes, for sure it is. I mean, and that's something that you know, if we could get it back to sixteen. 17 our first game then hopefully get it back to 12 10 to 12 you know once we get into ACC play I'd be thrilled because you know there are times when I you're coming off a down screen I'm reading it as a fade and you curl it well I throw it straight out of bounds because I'm expecting you to fade well that comes from practicing together playing together more and we start understanding okay what shot do you really like well you like to come off the curl so I'm not expecting you to fade it. Yeah. You know, it's things like that that does matter as you're progressing through a season and you're trying to make quick reads. So I expect it to get better. Uh, but there are sometimes we're just careless with it where, you know, I, I've tried to explain to them, you guys have the target on you right now. You know, for some of you new here at Louisville, people want to beat you. And with the success we've had, we're a big game. And you've got to understand you're getting everybody's best shot. That's funny. That's a great segue because I wanted to ask you about not being as big a target this year. Virginia Tech is coming off the Final Four. Notre Dame has another good team coming out. It, it seems like maybe the attention isn't on Louisville is the team we're measuring up against. Do you feel like that? Well, no, that, that's feel? great because, see, that that's I, I think it's great that you say that because I think that's exactly where our expectations and our success has taken us. We're preseason top, top 20. And it's like, ah, oh, well, you aren't as good as you have been. And I, I think it's great because that's the realization of what what happens as you continue to perform and continue to play. We're coming off our fifth straight Elite Eight, two Final Fours in that stretch, and top 20. And it's like, ah, oh, can they get back to a Final Four or not? You know, so I, I think that's that's good and exciting. But at the same time, I hope our fans understand how good we have been. Yeah. Do I think, would I say we're a Final Four team right now? No, I don't think we are right now. But come January and February, I, I think we could surprise some people just like we did this past year. You know, the draw, your seed, means everything. 
So I'm, I'm excited about, uh, about this group, and it is pretty impressive that we are preseason top 15, I think, and we've got seven new players. I think it just speaks volumes for what we've done for the last 15 years, that people are like, okay, somehow they keep winning, so we, so we, so we, we better put them here. Yes. So speaking of the newcomers, you have a team of veterans but not a veteran team in terms of they've been together. Does that kind of change your expectations? Not, not your expectations of the season, but just where you want the team to be at certain benchmarks. Like, we should be, like with the turnovers, like yeah. we should only be doing this now. And yes, it, it, it definitely does with all of it. The areas that it doesn't, I'm not going to change, is how hard we play. You know, that's something that they all have to understand. You have to give 100%. Every time we're on the floor, making shots, making reads, that will come as we're out there playing more games together. Practice is practice, and I love it. It's good for us, but it's just not the same intensity as a game. So we we, we got to get some games uh, under our belts and get some more competitive ones as we go. Like our games against Canada were great. Our other cu- cu- couple, you know, we're winning by 40 and 50. So I, I think as we start at Cincinnati, which I expect that to be a really comp- competitive game, it's going to give us a chance to really start seeing how we have to come together. Yeah, now that you've kind of had a chance to step back from, from Toronto and, and everything this summer, um, you guys playing in the Global Jam, how do you look back on how that experience has helped this team? Uh, I, it's great to have the opportunity to play actual games because, like I said, we we do scrimmages against our scout team and our scout guys. It's just not the same. You know, you got three officials out there. It's you get beat by your scout team. Uh, so what? You keep you you continue practice. You lose. You know, a real game that matters. So I, I think that allowed us to get the opportunity to see. Okay. Who can? Who wants to shoot big shots? Who wants to have the ball in their hands at crunch time? Uh, who's willing to get out and defend? So there are some things I think we learned, and then there's things we learned that we have to, have to get better at as well. Do you have a starting lineup? I mean, is it still going to be what we saw in the summer? Or? No, I, you know, I'm working on that still now, and it's really it's one of those I I can go back to Erica Carter's junior year, I think it was Dane Evans sophomore year where Dana actually beat Erica out for the starting point guard spot. Dana started our first two or three games. But it just, you know, when I'd make a sub, our level of intensity dropped because Dana was such a spark plug. And, you know, I just talked to her. I was like, hey, you deserve to start, but I think for our team, coming off the bench would be the best. Would you be? And Dana being the player she is, she's like, I, I, I just want to win. And, you know, it didn't impact the number of minutes she played. But so I think with starting, it's going to be something that's going to depend on, okay, what makes our team play the best? We've only got 11 right now that can play. 10 right now that can play. Hopefully 11 here in the next few days with with, with A-Lift gets approved. Um, so everybody's going to get the opportunity to play. It's just a matter of when you get out there, what are you going to do with it? Who do you think on this team might be that kind of fan favorite? Maybe not the leading scorer, but just in terms of what you're talking about, competing and effort and, and the intensity, somebody who does a little bit of everything. and you know, Nina's going to be one I think our fans are really going to enjoy watching play. Kiki plays with a ton of passion. 
Um, Alif, our freshman from Turkey, I think, you know, once we can get her hopefully all straightened out and, and cleared to play, she's one I think our fan our fans are going to be impressed with as well. I mean, we, we, we have some really good talent. Uh, now it's a matter of just molding them and, and getting them together. Indeed. And last question, what is it like being right, right now with the realignment stuff, you know, we'll be seeing Stanford, Cowlin, and SMU join the ACC but it's all football driven. What is it like being a basketball coach, especially at a school that has perennially been known for basketball in a football world? Well, it's just life. It's the NCAA. <laughs> it's okay. It, it, it's TV money. It's it, it, it's revenue. It's it's what it is. And then you know, for us, we're adding some some good teams in women's basketball to to our league. So that's exciting. Um, you know, we just go where they where where they tell us to go. It's all right. You know, there's no longer the I, with with the transfers is when it all started. You know, growing up, I grew up in Northern Kentucky, and at my age, it was you were cheering for Kyle Macy at Kentucky, Jeff Hall at Louisville, and you watch those guys play for four years. Well, now you got kids that go watch a team play, and then they come out the next year. I'm a cheer on that CL Brown, and it's like, oh, he gone. <laughs> he switched teams. Like, so you don't have that natural connection, I don't think, as we used to in the past. So it's not a big deal, I don't think, that we've added Cal. We've added Stanford, SMU. You know, everybody's just going e- everywhere. In every game you can see on TV if, if you want to. Yeah. Got to look hard for some of them streaming. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> but it's all good. Well, I appreciate you joining me. Thank you, and uh, good luck this season. Jeff. I appreciate you. Thank you, CL. And joining me now on the podcast, I have with me a good friend, Andy Katz. Andy, thank you for joining me today. Great to see you. Uh, you know, be nice to see more of you. We'll see if I can get down to the Commonwealth more often. No doubt, no doubt. I, I think it's an interesting time. It's yes. season. We, we have two coaches who I kind of feel like are in, I don't want to say similar boats because obviously... Kenny Payne is in his second year, but I do think there's a little bit more rumbling for Calipari than than has been ever in his time at Kentucky because of their last few postseasons and just kind of falling flat, you know. So this this is another year where uh, I, I think they're geared up thinking this could be a special team. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a different place. Um, they won the title in 2012. They have had unbelievable talent come through there. Uh, some of the most talent of any team that produces for NBA, for the NBA. Uh, they've had other chances. You know, think back to 2015, yeah. 38-0 before that Wisconsin game. Um, I go back to that team that got beat by West Virginia that had Wall and Cousins, if I'm remembering this correctly. Yeah, the first year. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was an unbelievable group. Um, and then, yeah, there's been some duds. <laughs> and uh, injuries haven't helped. Um, but I think he's also trying to figure out... Um, I think the, the landscape has changed on them. Yes. And um, they have to adjust. We'll see if this is the team that adjusted, where you can't just go get all, all American f- high school kids. Yeah. Like, that doesn't work anymore. 
You know what's funny though? I feel like I feel like last year that team was kind of adjusted to where it was like a balance. You know, uh, you know he went and got Oscar Tshiwe, uh, Kellen Grady. Like he he has kind of gotten some transfers in and some older guys to try and mix, but it just hadn't it hadn't popped. It hadn't yeah, I mean last year, I mean you were there. It just never seemed like Shibwe was right, yeah. like he was the previous year when he won the Player of the Year. And I know he's hurt at the beginning, but it just seems like there was a disconnect. Um, and it just never was, uh, all, I don't know if it was all on the same page, it's just they were never clicking the way they needed to. And you're right, they have gone in the transfer portal and not just transferred from high level to high level. I mean, obviously, you know, Reeves is a good example of that. Um, So you're trying to get players that fit that might end up playing up. You know, obviously the C.J. Frederick thing, that didn't work out because he was hurt. Uh, And, you know, we'll see if his career can be resuscitated. But so... Um, but it, the other thing that's changed also is uh, I'm not worried ever about them with NIL, but uh, you know I think it's more about retention. I mean, the teams that were in the Final Four last year were all experienced teams, and uh, so you know having Reeves back I think is critical. Um, you know, as sort of a leader, but you know we're going to need to see if Edwards and Wagner and those guys are as good as advertised right away. Yeah. Um, but again, Kentucky has you know right off the bat they're playing the number one team in the country within the first two weeks of the season in Kansas. So there's going to be some barometers we're going to learn pretty. But I'm not worried about his job security. I mean, I think he can well, go wherever he wants to go. It's kind of like what Gary Parrish said. Like this could make things uncomfortable. It's not that anybody you know he's not going to be for. Forced out, of course, but it, it things could get uncomfortable in, in Lexington. True, but I still think that the contract's the contract. True, true. and um, you know the pockets are only so deep. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I just don't see a scenario where he would get ever bought out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do think it's interesting too that uh, you know call it luck or whatever I mean it's kind of misfortunate on the West Virginia end but Trey Mitchell falls in their lap Um, a stretch four can shoot the three Calipari has even talked about using him at the five some Uh, and depending on you know the status of their injured seven footers um, he he may have to do that a lot more than he planned on it but I I think it's going to kind of change their playing style a lot they're going to look a lot different than they have you know the past few years where they essentially had some kind of lane cloggers, you know, yep. but Mitchell will bounce to the perimeter. Um, even Big Z, the seven-foot Croatian, once he kind of gets acclimated and healthy, he's also somebody who can bounce out to the perimeter. So there, I, I feel like at times they could be a four-out, one-in, even five-out kind of offense sometimes. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more flow. I mean, as good as Shibuya was, um, he was a bit of a clogger. You know what I mean? He's not going to be moving as much uh, out and I, like that's one of the problems Purdue has with Zach Eady. Oh, yeah. You know, he's someone that no one else has, but there are negatives too, you know, to movement. Um, it's funny, I just, you know, when you said West Virginia, you think about it, I wonder if Kentucky fans would, would think back that they went to a key player for, what, three years in a row from West Virginia. 
like who would have ever guessed that that West Virginia would feed Kentucky like one of their key players three years in a row <laughs> that is kind of funny I, I didn't even think about that either when, when, uh, when judging that okay well let's switch gears to, to Louisville Kenny Payne entering his second year obviously that was that was a rough first season yes getting uh, getting introduced to the league um but I feel like they, they've made some headway recruiting. Like, the, this, there's definitely a talent upgrade with this team. Kind of where do you see Louisville in, in this second year under Kenny? Well, two things. One, uh, you know, I'm, I'll just be very curious to see the patience from the fan base because I think they still need to be patient. Um, there was never going to be a quick fix. Um, this is a process. I don't want to sound like the old Sixer line, but um, I mean they have to accept reality, you know. And now on the good side is Kenny Payne comes into a ACC that is still sort of in turnover, and Duke and Carolina is still Duke and Carolina, but it's not the same. Yeah. You know, Kay, Roy, uh, Shire, and Hubert are still trying to find their own footing still. Beheim now out, uh, so you got a new face there in Red Autry. Um, you know, Virginia has now been a little bit up and down of late. I mean, if there's ever a time to rebuild and restock in the ACC and not feel like you have this mountain to climb, it's now. Yeah. Uh, because I think you can climb up pretty quickly now in this league. You know, Miami obviously has been one of the better teams and got to a Final Four, but that's no lock every year. Yeah. So I would think from that perspective, if you put that and say, okay, if we can just get a little better, suddenly we could be in sixth place. You know what I mean? Like, really, there's a lot of movement here in this league. Bray gone in Notre Dame. So you got Micah now, who's obviously very good, but still there's transition in Notre Dame. Um, so it's all over the league. And I would think that they would feel pretty comfortable that if we can, you know, if you just win a couple more games, you're going to climb pretty quickly up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how much patience, <laughs> patience wears, wears ten. And it's not just U of L's fan base. That's, that's you know, pretty much anywhere that's used Well, I'm curious, will we'll be, do people come out, at least early, regardless, you know, or are we going to see a lot of empty seats? Curiosity early, but I, I think it's kind of like a prove it. Like, you know, they're going to have to show something. They're going to have to show, give people a reason to believe that mm-hmm. they can, you know, uh, be competitive and be, and be good. And, you know, honestly, they just want to see a team that competes. Right. I, I don't even think it's necessarily, well, it is about wins and losses. It's, it's yeah. definitely not about four wins, but you know what I mean? Like, they yes. just want to see a team that's out there competing hard and and building towards something I, I think they can live with that if if it ends up you know they're like a 500 team but a, but a tough team and you know uh, sneak and win a few games that they're not supposed to that kind of thing I, I, I think the support will be there for them but we shall see I want to ask one more question kind of about can, I, can I just have one thing because yeah. I took a little flack for this because people don't comprehend when you do graphics and things of that nature um, so I was putting together my top ten rivalries for this season. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, I've done this for a long time. Louisville, Kentucky, okay, is one of the greatest rivalries of all time, regardless of sport. But you can't tell me for this season that there's a lot of anticipation for that rivalry game. I'm hoping it'll come back. 
but that's why I did not include it in my top ten for this season. Is that fair? That's fair. That's fair. But but no, people don't read. Nobody wants to do nuance. No, no, no one, no one does any nuances. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you about the ACC as a whole. Um, I feel like the league is kind of taking a step back. If you if you look at Ken Palm, it was like the seventh <laughs> best conference in the nation, which is unheard of uh, around these parts. Um, what do you feel like it's gonna have? It's gonna take. To kind well, of I think it's also back. how do you judge it. I still think there are three teams at the top of this league this year in Duke, Carolina, and Miami where I would not be surprised if any one of the three was in the Final Four. They all could flame out, but, I mean, all three of them have the potential to get there. Um, Then the question is, what's the depth of tournament teams? That's still a TBD. You know, is it going to be... Big question. Big question. You know, I think, like, Syracuse is actually going to be better. You know, with Starling coming over from Notre Dame yeah. and pairing up with Mintz. So, um, their team, I don't think, gets a lot of buzz, but they could definitely climb up. Reese Beekman's back for Virginia, but I mean, they got a whole new roster essentially outside of him. Um, you know, Florida State has gone sideways, which was unexpected. Uh, you know, NC State's not going to be as good. Um, you know, suddenly BC could be a little better, you know, than they've been. Is that just two more wins? Is that NIT better? You know, we'll see. Um, but that that's my question is the depth yeah. beyond what I think will be sort of a top three in some order. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will let you go on that. I appreciate <laughs> you joining me, Andy. We'll have to do right. this again later in Thanks, the Thanks, guys. Now let's get into some pickup lines. Okay, folks. I mean, I think at this point, I might need to get a percentage of anybody that's betting off of these picks. Right now, I'm 18, 10, and 2 against the spread, 24 and 6 straight up. And I have a batch of games this week where I'm going against. I, I don't have a hard and fast rule on this, but it looks like I'm picking all the favorites, and I really don't like to do that. But. I'll let you decide. Let's start with Louisville, 20 and a half point favorite against Virginia. Virginia has, you know, they've struggled this year. That's that's not not a profound statement to say. They do have a win at North Carolina, which maybe kind of gives uh, it at least allows Jeff Brom to keep his players attention this week. Like like they're not just going to be pushovers. They they have played well at times um here recently especially they they took miami to overtime i should say miami took them to overtime because it seemed like virginia was in control early on in that game but that's neither here nor there because the cavaliers are coming to louisville and the cards have been they i mean they've been pretty unbeatable at home and uh like i mentioned earlier in the segment so until that streak ends, right now they're five and zero against the spread at home. I'm gonna keep riding with the cards. So take the cards, lay the points. Kentucky is a ten point dog to Alabama, which Alabama I think I've said this before. People wrote them off after they lost to Texas, after they saw the play of quarterback Jalen Milrow early on. I think that they just figured uh you know this is an off year 
but a funny thing has happened. I mean, <laughs> Nick Saban didn't get where he is on the coaching path and on by not developing players, not helping them get better as the season goes on. And we've seen that from Jalen Milrow um, with with his running, with just his overall comfort level with that offense. Mark Stoops, since he's been at Kentucky, is just 11 and 15 against the spread as a home underdog. Although, kind of the flip side of that stat is since 2019, UK is six and two as a home dog. So which is it, right? <laughs> what are you going to go for? I'm sticking with the fact that Bama just seems to be on a roll. They have the carrot of the possibly getting into the college football playoff still to play for. And I don't think there's going to be a slip up. They don't have a, a hard game next week that they could be overlooking UK and be looking forward to, you know, the next week game because they play Chattanooga. You know, it'll, it'll be a, a, a break for them in a sense before they close out with their rivalry game against Auburn at the end of the year. So um, UK has looked much better the last two weeks uh, offensively, but I just feel like Alabama, the way that they're playing, um, they're going to continue to play at that high level. So another favorite I'm taking, Alabama, give those 10 points to UK. And the national game we're looking at, Michigan is a three and a half point favorite against Penn State. Penn State. I just don't trust their offense. I can't I can't get with their offense. Their offense has been as vanilla at times as those uniforms they keep wearing. And and I mean I understand, I respect tradition, but come on, man. They can't put a, a Nittany Lion on the side. They have one of the best logos, in my opinion, in college sports. And we don't see it on their helmets like we should. They they <sighs> I'm getting off on, on the wrong exit here. Let's just stick to the spread, but come on, Penn State. Y'all can do better than that. But um, Michigan, with all that's going on with the sign-stealing scandal and will the Big Ten or won't the Big Ten actually punish them this year, it probably won't happen from the NCAA, but that kind of that cloud hanging over their head, I think it's probably going to work in the short term to Jim Harbaugh's benefit because those players really are going to have a us against the world mentality. They're going to go out to show that they're good because they're talented, because they execute, because they have, you know, players that will probably be in the NFL next year and the year is coming. And they're not going to let this sign stealing stuff overshadow that. In fact, because of it, they're going to play like, we don't need to steal no stinking signs, which they should have been doing all along. But that's also another episode. So I'm taking the Wolverines and I will give you those three and a half points. We'll see if I can make another three and oh week. That'll do it for the CL Brown show. I appreciate you tuning in. If you are so inclined, please click on those subscribe buttons. Please leave a five-star review because we need to spread more love in this world. Come on back next week. We're going to be talking football. We're going to be talking more hoops. Who knows what's going to happen with the results of some of these games. Keeping a, a close eye out on uh, 
how the rest of the ACC shakes out to see if Louisville doesn't step have make it one step closer to clinching a spot against Florida State in that ACC championship game. So I hope you come on back with me. Take care. Take care.